Casey. Feels good. Feels good to be back. I always, I'm never, I'm never sure about this show. Let me play this theme. I'm like, oh yeah, this shit. Beep, bamp. We don't hate. We just do what we supposed to do. We shut it down. Casey, my precious dude, mm-hmm. I'd like to welcome to you episode 71 of Telefriends, where we're listening to the messages you leave at 304518-JAMS. I don't leave any messages, jams. We're listening to the messages our listeners leave at 304518-JAMS. Jams. My name's Bo. I haven't Bo. heard any one of these messages. Your name's Casey. Casey. You've heard them all. I think that's it. That yeah, we've got a, we've caught it. them up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's listen to a call. Let's listen to a let's call. Let's go with uh, the uh, second one. My fucking precious Willis's. <laughs> okay. Here's my question. Okay. Nothing but trouble. <sighs> arguably one of the greatest movies ever. Arguably. Yeah, Very arguably. Is in the same universe as Death Becomes Her. I don't think it can be in the same universe as Death Becomes Her. Right. And adjacent to that or other Bruce Willis-like World of Darkness movies, including but not limited to 12 Monkeys. So now that all the universal like revamps have failed, can we just go into the entire Bruce Willis-like World of Darkness? And what other Bruce Willis films the Willis that apply to this? Because I feel like maybe like Moonlighting is one of those things uh-huh. where like it starts out all nice and fun, but maybe they discover you know a city of pillars underneath their like penthouse in LA or wherever. I don't know enough about Moonlighting. Obviously work. not. <laughs> but something bad happens, and that's how we end up with Death Becomes Her in the same world again as Nothing But Trouble. Is that true? Is this just fucking crazy nonsense talk? Yes. Or I mean, I do. I feel like those movies stand next to each other. It's like. And nothing but trouble. Death becomes her, and maybe like that weird opening to Demon Knight. Jesus, <laughs> let me know your thoughts. And again, Bruce Willis is at the like. He's like the fucking. He's in the middle of it all. I don't know. Make sense of this for me. I okay. love you both. Goodbye. I, okay. okay. You, so, one thing about this. Is there are movies that take place in shared universes, mm-hmm. like Buckaroo Banzai and Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, that's supposed to be one world. Yes, but neither of them <laughs> took off in the way that they wanted yeah. them to, even though they're both of the best movies ever. Uh, we're in the middle right now of this thing where uh, I found all these pictures on the internet of Bruce Willis talking on the phone in various Bruce Willis movies mm-hmm. and so we've we've been posting them every single day on our social media. We're Willis heavy. We're real Willis heavy. I think that this has something to do with inspiring this call. Um, which, hey, it's paying so off. So in his theory of the, of the shared Willis verse, there's a bunch of men running around that look like Bruce Willis of different ages? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes that would be the way it had to go. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna say to this. I get the comment, the nothing but trouble. Uh, Death, Death becomes her. 
they do seem like sequels in They're spirit. They're both or shitty and like kind of <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Boosh. I, I like both of those movies. Here's what I will say though: that like I think that we live in a data-driven world, right? Um, I think that like <clears throat> major corporations make decisions based on the products they release on existing data, like, and so that's a thing that one sort of is a money-making ploy that probably is, works and is responsible to one's shareholders, okay. but sort of precludes innovation and makes it so that, like, that's why there's so many fucking remakes is because, like, we know the world loved RoboCop. That is data. That's a data set we have. So, like, let's make RoboCop. Or in the case of, like, when Netflix did that thing where they were, like, um, you know, before he became a monster, they were like, okay, we know people who like Kevin Spacey, also like Robin Wright Penn, Robin Wright, just Robin Wright, just Robin Wright, and so let's put them in a fucking show together, and those people also like political thrillers, so let's make House of Cards, and they did, and it worked out, so sometimes data-driven stuff works out, but it also makes it so it's like impossible to make new shit, because House of Cards is also like a, a remake, or whatever. Uh, it makes it harder to make new shit, I guess, is the thing. So, why don't we revamp the worlds of nothing but trouble and death becomes her because nothing but trouble was a fucking gigantic fucking failure so like if movie companies who are data driven and are like yo fucking uh the karate kid was a big fat hit so uh all we sell is fucking that same shit to old people now so let's make this cobra kai movie they would never do that with nothing but trouble because they would be like nobody saw that nobody liked this shit the first time around yeah um, they're, they're- except for will and Bo, kinda yeah that's my take on <laughs> that's just, that's your overriding theory of the I've been thinking about this a lot lately like that uh, a company's making decisions based on existing data alone can't allow for new shit really mm. because there's no data to support it it's yeah I mean it's the harder sell right it's yeah. the going out on a limb yeah has to be done more and more often by people with money who want the creative thing to be done right right and paying for it themselves rather than existing companies yeah that's not even true either because because now every existing company has sub companies that do these smaller things for sure it's weird though because like there also exists this data set that is i think probably misleading that's like you know, like uh, in 1968, Stanley Kubrick goes way over budget for this thing that he's like keeping in secret. And it's this bizarre ass movie that no one's ever seen anything like before and shouldn't work, but becomes the biggest movie in 1968. And that's 2001 Space Odyssey because it's the fucking best movie ever. But it was unlike anything it had ever seen before. So there's this like shit where it's like, it's a smart play to give weirdos a bunch of money to do weird shit but that doesn't also account for all the times you did that and that fucked up like say mm. with nothing but trouble so like it's weird like there are times when shit breaks through and there's other times where it's like yeah we just took a fucking 20 million dollar bath on nothing but trouble I don't know I don't know I think I'm maybe being too serious about that <laughs> I, would, I can't think of any movie I want to watch less than nothing but trouble you can't think of any movie you'd want to watch you less. Know what a, yeah, I don't want to watch a fucking snuff movie. <laughs> but it just seems like I, I just the number of sighs as I was like opening up my Blu-ray player and putting the disc on <laughs> and finding the controller. Fucking and, fine. 
I like Nothing But Trouble. It's, I mean, I like Nothing But Trouble more as an artifact than I do as a I even need the title. <laughs> it's so generically it stupid. <laughs> it's really hard. Nothing But Trouble is really hard. Uh, because it doesn't give you any inclination of, like... Maybe that was the problem, too. If they had marketed that movie as, like, Chevy Chase goes to hell, like, maybe that would have been a better deal. Like, retitle that movie in such a way that makes it... That's what I'm trying to do in my head right now. <laughs> and I can't think of anything that is too offensive to be a title. What if they called it Mr. Bone Shaker? Like, okay. Starring Humpty Hump. Mr. Bone Shaker. Yeah. No. That's got to be nothing but trouble. Why? Because it's just as bad as what you're about to see. <laughs> like, oh, this is a terrible title. I wonder why. What's the name of the town they go to? I know who knows. It's all he talks about. Who <laughs> will? Yeah. The name of the town in Nothing But Trouble is, is Trouble Town. Uh, man, that would be funny. It's an American. It's, it's, when do you think that movie came out? You're really good at this, is why I ask. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to be very good at this one, I bet. 89? Close. 91. 91. Fuck. That was yeah. way late for all those people. So, the name of the town is Vulcanvania. Oh, fuck you. What if they called it Vulcanvania? <laughs> Might as well. I mean, no one saw it anyway. Vulcanvania. Vulcan. Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it, it's a town run by the Valkenheiser family. Invania, because that's... Because that's a scary thing to put in the end of mm-hmm. your town name. Also, the name of that uh, roller coaster was Mr. Bone Stripper. Mr. Bone Stripper. <laughs> Just Bone Stripper. Dick oh, knows. shit. Okay. The uh, film's working title was Vulcanvania. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, according to one biography, Chevy Chase knew that this film was going to be the worst film he would ever make. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he thought that. I'm sure he thought that a few times. Fucking Oracle Chevy Chase. <laughs> Notable genius, Chevy Chase. <laughs> Can I, can I, uh, can I, um, tell you a thing I saw on the internet? Sure. Okay. Um, I saw a post on Instagram from a gentleman who is making a, fuck, man, yeah, I'm really being super smooth today. Super smooth. I had this whole planned out, uh, and it is... Fuck, man. Little teaser for the upcoming call. Yeah. There's Based this... on the translation Google has given me, Uh huh. the call starts, is masturbation is correct? You all, they're recording on April's Fool's Day? <laughs> <laughs> There's this new podcast, right, called Bust the Globe. Bust the Buzz. Uh, right now, the uh, the dude the, uh, the the podcaster is riding all eighty seven bus routes in Austin, Texas, and he's like interviewing people on those mm-hmm. routes and shit. And he's also posting uh, images that he sees on That's Instagram. Fun. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so he posted an image of a sign mm-hmm. that said "Lost Innocence, Reward if Returned." Call five one two three three three. I propose that we do that now. What are we gonna say? Okay. I think we should have at least a little bit of a plan. 
My plan is this. This this person picks up and we don't say anything. We just play this. No one could be mad at what that song is playing. No, right? I yeah. would. Yeah, okay. This masturbation is correct. You all the recording on April Fool's Day. Yeah, so far, that's completely right. Oh, my. Hello. Are they going to be able to hear it? I think so. no longer buying broken dreams. However, I still offer a host of intangible and frivolous services that may or may not interest you, so please leave a message. Also, feel free to sext me and tell me what you may or may not be wearing. Thank you. That... This is already so weird. Uh, hello. We're a call-in comedy podcast called The Telefriends. Uh, we're at 304-518-JAMS. Champs. And um, we had heard you lost your innocence, and we are in an effort to restoring that innocence to you and collecting our reward playing this. It feels weird playing this since you talked about sex. It does feel weird now. Does this make you feel good? Yeah. Right when they they bring you right back in. Yeah. You're like that's one too many about the babies. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we hope this helps, and uh, you know, get back to us at three zero four five one eight James. James. That was that. Which one is the masturbating call with the? Uh, let's, uh, uh, you know, let's find out what happens. Just pick one. Hey, dudes, it's Rachel, uh, reporting in from Houston. Hi. So, we're, uh, here to celebrate Passover, um, because, you know, Jewishness. And, uh, we, (laughs) yesterday, uh, decided to kill some time during the day by going to, uh, Discovery Green, one of Houston's many downtowns, and we, uh... What? You know, we're going to go see this international cultural festival with, like, folk dancers and vendors and, you know, whatever. Okay. But I guess the real selling point was that they had um, Ronald McDonald's red shoe car. Okay. They took a fun photo in front of it, but I was, like, thinking, what is the most famous car you've ever seen in the wild? So, like, not in a museum, but, like, on the road mm-hmm. and or, um, you know, parked somewhere cool. Let me know. Bye. Wienermobile, right? Yes. One time I was driving from Michigan to West Virginia. Yeah. And my uh, ex-girlfriend, current wife, 
I don't think she's your ex-girlfriend. I don't think you broke up with her. She's not my girlfriend. I don't, but like... She transitioned to another position. You're a high school graduate. You're not an ex-high school student. I am an ex-high school student. (laughs) I'm not in high school. I know. I don't have a girlfriend. Okay. My ex-girlfriend was sleeping in the car. Yeah. And uh, I got passed by the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Shit, yeah, man. And then it really brightened up my, my drive. Your whole day. Yeah, I was just like, here it comes. Like watching it in the rearview mirror, slowed down so it's I could catch awesome up. It's awesome looking. Yeah. I, I, was at the, I was in my hometown and my and the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile was just parked on this like big lawn. And I was like, I need to I need to go to there. And then I went th- I like went to the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile and they took my picture on a Polaroid and gave me a little card. Yeah, I, I reached over to wake, wake up my ex-girlfriend, and I was like, no. <laughs> Your ex-girlfriend. No. This, this is, is just me. a moment for you. This is for me. Yeah. That's funny. Do you it's think the wiener... So there's... There has to be more than there's one. There's going to be a fleet, there's several, right? There's several wiener, wiener yeah. vehicles. I love the Wienermobile. Cock cars. <laughs> there's several of these. <laughs> Shh, there's a baby sleeping. And... I bet they got into some shit they as they drove from city to city. Oh my god, yeah. What do you think the um, the Wienermobile groupies are called? The footlongs? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most famous car, right? No. The most famous car is the is the Batmobile, right? No, it's the Wienermobile. There's too, been too many Batmobiles. Oh, Which Batmobile true. are you talking about? I guess I think when it, which Batmobile do you think about when when you think when you think Batmobile, nineteen ninety Batman. Yeah, me too. That's got to be. Um, I work uh, across the street from a place that repairs. Oh yeah, foreign cars, and I regularly see Deloreans. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple people in town that own Deloreans, and they're about oh. once every two months, one of them is really getting repaired. Not known for their reliability. No. What's they do look cool as shit. Yeah. Ernest Kleins is yeah. always across the street from him. Yeah. Do you he think comes he... in the store too? Is he cool? Yeah, he's a nice guy. I don't know. Um, One fine day. I guess it's not a. Yeah, what else is a famous car? The Bluesmobile? I don't know what that is. From the I blue? mean, I know, I, I know what you're referring to, but I don't know what the car is. Yeah. I think the most famous car is the cop car. Just stay woke. I think it's funny that we've both seen, seen the Wienermobile. I think everyone has had a Wienermobile moment, I bet. That's why it's the most famous car. Yeah. Let's let's take a jam break, dog. What are we jamming with? This is the Art Ensemble of Chicago with the song I'm. That's I with three M's. If you've been following us on our Vero account, you'd already know about this jam. Vero. We're here. Where are you? No, seriously. Are you out there? We're Vero. This is the live version of this song. Where's it? Vero, right here. Vero. Vero or Vero? Vero? We should figure this out. Vero. As the only podcast on Vero or Vero, Vero. we should. Vero.
we, yeah. Follow us on Vero, guys. Paul Simon gives me the creeps. Because <laughs> he's short? That's part of it. And his way of speaking and, I don't know, this whole thing. Talk about it. I like Paul Simon's songs. He's, they're so great. Do I have to, like, look at him before? Hmm. He's definitely a guy who, who was super lucky that he was born when he was and came famous when he was. Oh, yeah. I was uh, hanging out with my cousin the other day, and I say this, I'm talking about this because Paul Simon, I think, fancies himself an athlete. Mm. Like in, like, video, like in the Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard video, he's, like, playing basketball with kids and playing stickball with kids and, like, fucking being good at them or whatever. He's very funny. Super funny. Um, but to you, everybody's really short. No. As a super tall guy? I mean, I'm very tall. You're really tall. Yeah. Anyway, I was... Uh, I was like, in the world was 8'11". How, how, that's only like and his six inches taller than you. 5'9". That's crazy. Yeah. So I was hanging out with my cousin the other day. And she is a person who like was an exceptional gymnast mm-hmm. growing up. Like she like got a full ride to the University of Rhode Island for on a gymnastics scholarship, right? And we were talking about it. And uh, I was like... You're, we're, we're talking about sports for a second. I was like, oh, I don't think that you know what it's like to be like me. Like, I've never been good at a sport. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was, I think, a weird moment for both the of us. The only time I ever won a sport is when I was playing against people who were just as bad as me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, okay yeah. at some schoolyard shit. Yeah. But, like, to 10 basketball, and it took us, like, 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been good at a sport? No. Me neither. It's weird. It was I've a weird moment for both of us being like, I, it's weird that I'd like, I've never been good at a sport. It's weird that like your uh, perspective on sports is that of a person th- like who has been really great yeah. at one. Like, But then once you become that level where you're like competing and stuff, you're always seeing people being better than you too. I guess that's true. Yeah. Unless you're the one who wins all the time. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Being really good at a sport would be really fucking weird, I think. Yeah. Was the art ensemble of Chicago with I'm. You can find that jam and more like it on our Vero account. Vero, we're Hero. Where are you? Hello. Oh. Oh? <laughs> Vero, I assure you, we are open. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Kevin Smith. Uh-huh. Bring back. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. I'm excited about the closing jam I have for today because I'm excited about the closing jam I have for today because it's a one I've picked for to to appeal to you. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's get to this last call so right. we can get to that closing jam. I don't want to do this last call yet. It's time. No, it's not. It is. Mm-mm. It very much is. Because, Casey, there's a, 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 an artist, designer, and DJ named my, Virgil Abloh. My favorite three things a person could be. Yeah. And uh, he recently got named the head menswear designer for uh, Louis Vuitton. Mm. Should we send a card? We should. Well, we don't have to because what we can do is give him a call. He uh, has an exib- exhibit. Fuck. He at at this uh, at this <laughs> place called Z? Kai Kai. <laughs> this place called Kai Kai Kiki Gallery. He has his art exhibit called Pay Per View up. What's, right? what's exhibits? X to the Z. Yeah, but then there's something else he always said. Uh, yo, dog. Gonna give it to you. I heard your. <laughs> no. 
I don't know what the Virgil, right? Mm-hmm. He has an art show up right now at this place called the Kaikai Kiki Gallery, which I think is in Japan, but I am not sure about that. Uh, and there's an uh, his exhibit is called Pay-Per-View. And one of the big assed pieces on his Pay-Per-View exhibit is uh, a, a giant piece that says, advertise here, 855-633-9483. And this exhibit is only up till today. Mm-hmm. So Last day. I, f- I figure. Or it ended earlier today. I don't know how time works. Yeah, I don't know what the. I wanted to make a TV show, what? where we take all the flat earthers, <laughs> or a bunch of like really hardcore ones, <laughs> and get them in like a space shuttle. Yeah, but we <laughs> fake it. <laughs> so at first, like they fa- they're like, oh my god, you're right. Then we should like no, but the TV in front of the screen. This is just a this is CGI that we've put on. And they're like, we knew it. We knew it was fake. And then we really take them up. What if you made them spend a year in the space station? Tell them we faked it. <laughs> Wait another year. <laughs> and then prove it to them. And so like every day. <laughs> I like this. I think this Phone is a number show So I do a fashion show or something. That nature, what? this sort of like... What is this? What are we listening to? Color to the clothes. We just called this number. Unintended. It didn't even ring. Basically, I know. The last collection for men's is called Blue Collar, and it's a, the concept of basically crashing a white collar aesthetic with a blue collar aesthetic and seeing what the result of that is. A and light blue collar. It sort of represents itself in a few ways, the main being garment of workwear he's been bound um using that as a construct to like apply hmm. patches on a white collar aesthetic yeah dog. thanks for calling um uh, check that for some differences over the time you in terms of what the brand yeah how are you awake hi uh we're uh telefriends we're a call and comedy podcast we're at 304518 jams jams um, we are, are, are we're advertising in this space because we were told to advertise in this space. Advertise. We're telefriends. A call-in comedy podcast. Comedy. Uh, the construct of our patchwork is referential to itself. You, you come f- come and find out <laughs> what the construct of my patchwork is, friend. <laughs> Wink. Do you feel like we're light, white collar, blue collar, or some mix of white collar and blue collar? I don't buy any of that shit anymore. I think that's simplification is childlike and bowring. And now we've hung up. Thought <laughs> <laughs> throw a little insult as we went yeah, out the door. Just really, it's what I was thinking. And honestly, <laughs> the way he sighed through his message, like he doesn't believe it either. If my estimation is correct, you all are recording on April Fool's Not Day. So I'm just wondering if you've ever done any great April Fool's pranks or if you've ever been the subject of one. Bye. No. I hate April Fool's pranks. Why? I hate pranks. Why? Because the basis of a prank is making somebody look dumb for not knowing something. One time I told my mom there was an electrical fire happening in her bedroom because she's most afraid of electrical fires on April Fool's Day. 
And then she was like, ah, really? And I was like, nah, it's April Fool's Day. But that was it. I was like, I, mean, it's, I, don't, I don't think you're a bad person for doing a prank. It just don't, doesn't appeal. To, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever done one. No. Wait. I mean, I've done pranks, but not like that. Hmm. Like, I took a bunch of Kool-Aid, red Kool-Aid packets and put it in the head of the uh, shower head. Oh, for whom? For my roommate. Haha. <laughs> and when he turned on the shower, I was like scream from the bathroom that's pretty funny <laughs> that's a good april fool yeah it wasn't even april Fool's. this is just just a regular day just a prank <laughs> just a street prank <laughs> i'm out here doing street pranks <laughs> white color white collar street pranks we're recording this on easter sunday as well as april fool's day mm-hmm. like if you easter fool's day die if, if you like died on a friday and then we're like I didn't die three days later. That's like the best April Fool's Day prank ever, right? <laughs> it's pretty good. Who, which one of those dudes do you think gets back to us first? The sexed guy? Yes. Or the collar guy? The sexed guy. We like to source. I'm into that. Yeah. Do you think he'll sext us? I hope so. Because I got, I got you moves. You got moves for the sex game. Yeah. I know it. Um, you, ain't, you ain't seen what I got. I've, got, I've, received a lot of, I've received a lot of dick drawings from you. Yeah, well... Yeah. That's just literally just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Telefriends. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks uh, for calling the people that called. Thanks to... <laughs> that was passive-aggressive. <laughs> it was passive-aggressive. <laughs> Call our fucking show. What's it going to take? Bring it down. We got a baby sleeping. Call our fucking show. What's it going to take? Come on. Uh, thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. Casey Bob, where are you at? I'd like to thank Vero for sponsoring another episode of Telefriends. Vero... Couldn't do it without you. Wouldn't do it without you. Vero, you heard about Facebook, right? <laughs> like in terms of what they're doing with your data? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You're saying Vero is positioning itself but, as the good guy. Vero, you heard about Facebook, right? You know, your information? Like, the president? Question mark? <laughs> Vero. Vero, we didn't do that shit to you. Vero, we... We, we would be. love to be, have the opportunity to do that, but we wouldn't do it. If we could, we would, but we can't. We we don't know what we would do. Look, who's who's to say what anyone would do in a position? We don't know what it's like to be there, but we would love to be there for you, Vero. Vero, we would Vero much like to handle your social media. Come on over, Musk. Did you see where in like a Q and A thing he said he he said he should just buy Facebook and dismantle it. <laughs> Dude, fucking Elon Musk can't buy Facebook. <laughs> what a rich weirdo. people are the worst. <sighs> Why can't Who do you, you just be it? rich and want to help the world? Why do you have to also want to be like famous doing it? Yeah, dude. Get that Hyperloop popping. That's what I'm about. Get a, just a loop. Start with a loop. <laughs> just one regular just loop. Just a fast loop. Get, start with a loop. Make it a fast loop. Yeah. Then level it up. Then make another regular loop. Bring it back down. Make bit. sure you know what you're doing. Yeah. Get good. it back to basics. Yeah. When do I get a Hyperloop? Back to R&D. 2040 Hyperloops? Okay. We're all going to explode. Like, do you think... Which do you think happens first? Where are you looping to? Bo dies of old age? Where are you looping to? Bo rides a Hyperloop. Well, wherever, man. My thing is, like, I think that, like, if you had, like, legit Hyperloops, right? Like, if you could really make it from fucking LA to Chicago... LA to Chicago and fucking... It'll cost $8,000. I'm saying if you could, like, shrink the world... Mm-hmm. Then you couldn't, right? Like, then you can't, like, then you couldn't, like, ignore, like, famine. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure we could find a way to do it. 
If you could get to someplace <laughs> fucked up in like 20 minutes, then it's just 20 minutes away. That your house is 20 minutes away. It takes way longer than 20 minutes to get to my house. <laughs> it takes like 30 minutes. <laughs> I'd like to thank Taku for the use of the theme song. Barrow. Why not a loop? We're up for anything. Vero, <laughs> we're up for anything. Vero makes it really difficult to share your content outside of Vero. Like, I don't know that they have a web-based platform, and I don't know that you can, like, link. You know how, like, you can fucking, like, copy the link to your Instagram? Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't do that on Vero. Vero. Let's keep it in-house. Thank you, Taku, for the use of theme song. Supposed to do off the off and do what you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Casey Pop, Kelly, if you count, where the fuck are y'all at? Uh... Three or four, five, one, eight, James. James. Tell a friend about telefriends. It's the way that our show is going to grow. We're going to try to tell our friends about telefriends, but God damn it. I make new friends <clears throat> just for the express purpose of telling about the show. I don't <laughs> care about them. I don't, I'm not interested in their lives. <laughs> Get another ear out there. Get another person on the phone. I got a, I got a jam out for you. Jam outro. This is a, Especially, I was like, I'm going to try to fucking appeal to Casey's sensibility. Mm. Maybe get him back on board, mm. you know, with these jams. This is Believe by Amon Dunes. Yeah, sleepy guitar. This is your kind of shit. Okay. It's a little clear. It is, it's true. I believe Specifically unhappy. <laughs> I like my more general unhappiness. Right. This is a. Uh, they just finally put Ty Siegel's fucking discography online on Spotify. This is My Lady's on Fire off his new album. It's so good. You say you want this is amazing. Alright. Mission accomplished. Yeah! We did it. Took two tries. Put your tears I like that Ty Siegel's in town like literally every weekend. <laughs> Don't stop moving. Yeah. I saw a Ty Siegel show that really made me freak out one time. Yeah. I was watching his show being like, I'm freaking out, man. Hmm. How so? Everybody on stage was wearing these weird baby masks. I was freaking out, dude. I don't know. It was the whole thing. <laughs> it was fucking freaky as well. It was really fucking freaky. Alright, everybody. Thanks again. Yeah. See you in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs>